the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You know, great blessing, prayer blessing from number six. And it's as relevant and powerful today as it's ever been. Last year, that became a great song, The Blessing, didn't it? But I want to declare that over you at the beginning of this year. The favor of the Lord on you and your household. His face shining towards you, being gracious to you, giving you peace. I declare favor over you in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's pray. Father God, we commit this year to you. We bow the knee and we don't come to you with our long list of requests. We come to you and say, we're available. Use me. Lord, let this be an epic year for the church, a year of great influence, a year where we take ground for your kingdom, a year where we make the name of Jesus famous and known. Use us, Lord God. Father, I pray for protection over the whole church, protection over our whole nation, Lord God. In this difficult season we find ourselves in, give us supernatural protection, I pray, Lord Jesus. Give us stories, miraculous stories of your goodness. Lord, let faith arise in this church like never before. Let us be men and women and children of faith. And thank you in advance for all the testimonies that are going to come out of this year. And all God's people said, Amen. How about in the chat box, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on Facebook, say hello to someone, speak of something positive and a blessing over someone. Hey, how about this be a year where we start joining in even more? We had a chat in our connect group and said, come on, make yourself known out there. It makes the service interactive, doesn't it? So get involved a little bit. And let me say to everyone, Happy New Year. It's, uh, it's going to be a great one, isn't it? Come on, I know this is our second service, but we can still say that one more time, can't we? Come on, let me stir in you the faith and the hope that God's going to do something miraculous in and through your life this year, and we've got plenty to look forward to. Hey, today is the start of our fast. Now, some people struggle with the fast, but you know what? Let's press through, because the outworkings of the fast is that whatever you want, um, whatever's valuable to you, you will pay for. And, and therefore, I'm wondering how much would you pay? What cost would you make in order to bring a blessing, in order to touch the heart of the Father, in order that someone else might encounter the Father because of you? And for me and Sarah, we, we've decided that we're going we're gonna to press in and, and push ourselves harder than we've ever done before because we believe God wants to do something really, really special. And I'm challenging you to go as far as you're able. Now, we're all different. And I've got a series of messages right now from a bunch of people to tell you what they're going to be doing. So have a look at this video. Hi, Hi yeah. We're going to be doing an intermittent fast. Some days just water, other days the Daniel fast. We're really looking forward to praying. Our prayers are powerful and effective. I'm looking forward to joining you all on this fast. Um, it's such a powerful and wonderful thing to do. I will be fasting chocolates and sweets this year. I'm really looking forward to the fast today. I'm going to be fasting only water between 6pm and 10am. God bless you all. Hi everyone, we're really looking forward to doing the fast with you all. This year we are fasting unhealthy snacks. I'm fasting food one full day a week and I'm also fasting sweet treats for the duration of the fast and I can hardly wait. Then I look happy about it. Bring it on. We are really looking forward to the fast. We will be fasting, sometimes TV and sometimes sweets. 
I'm looking forward to joining you for the January 1st. I'll be fasting sweets and snacks. Hey guys, I'm really looking forward to the fast this year. Uh, this year I'm going to be alternating on each day. So uh, one day I'll do a full fast, just water. And then on the other day, I'll be fasting meats and treats um, on that day. Hi everyone, I'm looking forward to starting the fast today. Today I'll be fasting junk food. Hey, we're going to be doing the 21 days of Daniel fast in our household. We are um, going with no meat, no alcohol, no dairy, no caffeine. So it's vegetables and water for us all the way. We know it's not going to be the easiest, but we trust in God that we're going to hear him better and have amazing testimony. Come on. I'm looking forward to fasting and I'll be fasting snacks during the day. Hey, for January, I've decided to fast church. Don't know you. I've decided to fast sweet things. How cool is that? So many people saying, I'm pressing in, I'm going to make a difference. Come on, the whole thing about fasting is that we deny our flesh to sow into our spirit. And it's key that we pray. It's not just about starving ourselves, it's prayer and fasting. So tonight we're going to have uh, communion together at 5 p.m. as a way of launching this fast together. We can pray. Uncle Dan's got a prophecy for the church to so come and hear what God's been saying to, to him for us. It's 5 p.m. The numbers will come up on the screen right now. This is an invite to everyone. Come and be part of it. Come on, I know these services that we're putting out right now, it's difficult to be interactive other than chat box, but in Zoom, we can talk to each other. It's more personal. So come and be involved. Let this be the year that you choose to join in even more despite the current situation. I, one of the things I'm challenging myself, and I, I hope you can be challenged too, is that when we pray during the fast, let's stop treating God like our heavenly butler. You know, a list of prayers that I want you to do for me. You know, he's our heavenly father. You know, he is almighty God. The prayer I want to be the most common prayer for us as a church this year is, Lord, what do you want from me? I bow the knee. Let this be about you. I'm making myself available to you because the truth is seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will follow. Everything else will be added to you. God's got a great plan for your life. And of course, we need to share our heart. And of course, we need to be asking questions. But let the average be, I'm available to you. Is there an amen somewhere in the house? I hope there is. Um, Connects have been running. Last week we started. We had a great one in our group. There's lots of great testimonies from all the other Connect groups. We're going again this week. If you're not part of one, it's another great way to engage. Who knows how long it is before we're going to be able to meet in person, but at least in Connect group, you've got a smaller group where we can chat to each other and share life. I encourage you, get involved. There's such a great environment. And the guys in the production team have asked me to give another shout out for our YouTube account. We need 100 subscribers to really be able to press that to another level. We're in the mid-70s, I believe, right now. We're a much larger church than that. So if you're not subscribed to YouTube, would you? It would really help us if you'd be prepared to do that. You don't have to you know, watch everything and you don't get disturbed and pinged all the time like you do on other forums. But it just helps us. So if you haven't done that yet, please can I ask you to help us Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would be absolutely awesome of you. Let's take a moment to give the ways that we can give in this situation. We'll come up on the screen right now. And we just believe, don't we, that as we honor God with our finances, he gets the weight of heaven behind our lives and the church is able to function.
We've had so many great testimonies of lives changed because of us as a church. And the only way we're able to function is as people get their financial weight behind it and God blesses it. So thank you and God bless you for everyone who's pushing in with their finances. So, so good. I want to just take a moment to unpack a little bit the theme for this year. You know, over the Christmas period, Sarah and I have been praying, and I feel like God dropped this word into me, and it's going to be the word that we come back to time and again this year, and I hope that you'll consider it, you'll pray into it, you'll ask God what that means for you personally, but the word is this, influencers, influencers. If you're on the chat box anywhere, a great word to type in right now, influencers. I want this to get into us. See, the reality for us is in 2021, in the situation we find ourselves in, we could just get by and get through. And if that's where you're at, God bless you. We're praying for you and cheering you on. But we aren't called just to get by. We are called to bring heaven to earth. We are called to bring change. We are called to be the vessels of heaven. We're called to make a difference, i.e. influencers. We are called to be influencers. I wonder if you could remember that moment you first encountered Jesus. And for some of you, that might be quite recent. And for some of you, that might be a long, long time ago. And it might for you have been that moment of, wow, there's a God in heaven and he loves me and accepts me just the way I am. And he loves me enough not to leave me the way I am. He'll take me forward. And for some of you, it might have been a healing moment where you were in a desperate situation and you encountered Jesus and your life was transformed. Maybe some of you, it was a a longer journey where you really got a level of faith in you and a personal relationship with Jesus. But in every situation, we can all say we have testimony after testimony of how walking out life with Jesus is just better. And so let's get beyond just making it about our personal story. And now as a way of submitting the need to Jesus, actually go on mission. We are here now to to share the good news, to share our lives, to share our Father with other people. It's not just about me. It's about the influence we could have with other people because we want them to have their own personal story of how they encountered Jesus. And we know full well that is right on the heart of the Father. This verse here is going to be our theme verse for this year, and it's Matthew 5. uh, Verses 13 to 16, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I like it here. It says this, your lives are like salt among the people, but if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing or be thrown out and trampled on by others. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, It's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let your light shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and they will then give their praise to your Father in heaven. Hallelujah. We are called to be salt and light. Salt, when added to food, brings out the flavor that's already in the food. It influences it. Light, when it's positioned in a dark place, influences the dark place. Light always wins. It influences. So I'm using this word influences based on this passage. And the awesomeness that is Billy Moore has created this brilliant graphic for us. I just shared a few thoughts with everyone and said, look, well, I want to use this word influencer. I want to use this passage. See what might come to you. And she's created this graphic, which will come on the screen right now. And I love it. 
Because what I love about it is we could say we're influencers. We're going out and we're going to make a difference and we're going to, oh, and you get all aggressive and we're going to, but no, no, no. How do we influence? We don't influence as the world influences. We influence by going to the hands of our loving father in humility, knowing that we need him, that we haven't got everything sorted and we need him. But by positioning ourselves in the hands of the father, we are then able to shine, not just with what we've got to offer, but with what he's got to offer. And so therefore, we position ourselves in humility in the hands of the father where we're able to shine brightly. And here's my hope that many other lights will be switched on because of you. Because you submitted to the Father and positioned yourself there, other lights will get sparked up too, and we will become great influences. I challenge you to pray over that, consider that, think to yourself, how does that look for me in my situation? But let's press in together. Amen? Awesome. Okay, let's give a message. Anyone out there up for a message? Someone say, I'm ready in the chat box. Looking forward to this. It's got a bit chilly, hasn't it? So I've gone full turtleneck on you today. I don't know what you're wearing in this chilly season, but I've managed to dig out this turtleneck and I'm loving it today. My title, if you like titles, for this first message around influence, and there's going to be plenty through the year and we're going to unpack lots of different things, but my first message is this, standards that influence. Standards that influence. See, when we look at Jesus, Jesus came and literally turned the world upside down. You see, when Jesus came, he loved the unlovable. He forgave the unforgivable. He empowered the powerless. He accepted the unacceptable. He just changed everything. He didn't come just to be wise and kind, although they are definite traits of Jesus, but that wasn't it. Jesus came to create waves that were so big, it would shake people out of their comfort zones. It would shake them so much that they would end up seeing the reality of his Father. Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, who loves you. Jesus was the greatest influencer of all time, and let me say, still is. And you know what? He lives in me, and he lives in you. So we have the ability, like Jesus, to become great influences. Look at this, something Jesus said. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What's Jesus ultimately saying there? Go and carry on doing what I've been doing. I've got all authority and I'm empowering you to go and carry on. We have authority to be great influencers just like Jesus demonstrated. So I'm not plucking something out of the air that's impossible here. I'm plucking something that's right on the Father's heart for his church and saying, come on, let's grab a hold of this. We are called this year to be awesome influencers, and yes, you can do it. Come on, church, let me inspire you this morning. It, was, uh, it made me smile a bit because I've got um, two awesome children, uh, Evie, who's 12, and, and Josh, who's 16, and uh, they're so brilliant, but they're proper down with the kids. And do you know what? I'm 50 in three weeks' time. Keep telling me I don't look it, I know. But I still try and be down with the kids. And um, 
And one of the buzzwords in today's young people's world is this, this idea of influencers. People want to be influencers. You go on Instagram and YouTube and these, these people rise up and become famous and carry great influence. The things they do, the things they say, what they wear, the, the way they think, it just carries great weight with young people. They are influencers. One very famous influencer, Influencer might be this guy called KSI. You may have heard of him. And it, it stands for, for knowledge, strength, and integrity, which is a pretty good start, fair play to him. I don't know if you, you've seen him, but obviously I don't know him, but he comes across as, as a good guy. And what he did is, I, I believe it was in 2009, he just started a YouTube channel basically playing FIFA and, 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 and gaming. And he became so popular that he got hundreds and thousands of followers, and I think it's probably millions now, who, who just like him, but out of the gamings come other things. And, and um, a little while ago, he had a boxing match with another YouTuber, another influencer. And this is what I, this is what I want to say that's so powerful about these influencers. They had a boxing match, and it was pay-per-view. These two YouTubers, not professional fighters, not, you know, not boxed much before. They just become famous through gaming and carrying influence. And people like to see what they do and what they stand for. And they, they had a boxing match. They had more pay-per-views than Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz, who is the, um, Anthony Joshua, the world champion boxer, heavyweight world champion. They had more pay-per-views than he did. That's influence. That's because people were so interested in them, they wanted to see it. That is influence. And here we are, the church called to influence. Have a look at this passage here. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 to 23, and it's in the message version because of the language it uses. You can read other versions and get to grips with this thought process, but let me read you the message version. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from the galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I love that. Can you see what it says? The church isn't peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. It's always been God's plan that the church would be central to everything. It's always been God's plan that the, the church would be Christ's body. He's ruling. He's the head of the church. But we're acting it out and acting out his plans on the earth. And people should be looking at the church saying, how do we behave? How do we think? How do we speak? Because we know you carry influence. What you do carries weight with us. That's all always been God's plan. We are called to be influencers. The world should be peripheral to the church. Now, I think if we're going to be honest with ourselves, that's not how we're living right now. But it's what we are called to. How can we, the church, position ourselves for greater influence? We literally have Almighty God with us. And who knows that all things are possible for those who have God. So therefore, it is possible. It might seem like a pipe dream to some, but this is what we're called to. So at the beginning of this year, could you challenge yourself as an individual 
And could we challenge ourselves as a collective to position ourselves to be men and women and children who bring influence, who people want to look at because there is something going on in the church that is grabbing people's interest and is starting to carry weight. The goal with this whole idea is that more people would see God for whom he really is. The goal is that more people would see themselves for who God created them to be. The goal is there would be more hope, there'd be more love, there'd be more acceptance. The goal is there would be more adventure. The goal is that we would see more of heaven on earth. Can you see? Influence is so, so important. You will be influencers. Now, what I want you to do is, is, is picture a scene. I'm going to bring this whole idea of standards that influence. Picture the scene, and, and you'll probably have seen this in some of the epic movies. One of the, the films I was thinking of is, the, is Narnia. And you know at the end of Narnia is that battle scene, and you've got the tigers and lions running at the front, and, and all the different men and people behind them, and, 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 and they had these great big flags. You'll have seen it in some of the Roman films and all these different stuff, and they had these great crowds coming into battle, and they had these great big flags. Those flags are called standards. And what they have, the, the main purpose for them is, imagine you're in this fight and there's bodies everywhere and people trying to win the battle and go to war and win their individual battles. Imagine you've been in a fight and you've, you've managed to win your particular personal battle, but you're a bit dazed, you've been bashed a few times, there's stuff going on all around you, you've maybe got mud in your eyes and you're a bit all over the place. What you do is you look around and you look for your standard and you see your standard, the flag, there it is, and you run to it. In the moment of being dazed and a bit battered and stuff, you look for the standard. And when you run to the standard, you know that it's a place of safety just for a moment. You know that there's going to be people who are on your side there. You know you can go there and gather yourself and clean yourself up and look around what's happening. And then they can direct you and say, we need you going over there. We're, we're losing over there. We need some more weight over there. And they can direct you. The standard was a place you'd go to to recover. The standard was a place of safety. The standard was a place where you'd get ready to go again. People would run to the standard, there will be a picture on the screen, I'm sure, to show you a, a, an image of that. But here's my thought process. I wonder how many people are battling through life, are weary, tired, maybe fed up, and they're running to the wrong standard. The place they run to for rest, the place they're running to to recover, the, the place they're running to to escape the battle is just not healthy. You know, there's all kinds of places we run to. You know, we run to, to drink. You know, we run to that place where that just that moment where I'm just tired of it all, I'll have some drink. We, we run to sex as an outlet just from the, the, the weariness of it all. You know, multiple partners often, and we just go to that place of, I've just got to have an outlet. Maybe it's that you go to the place where you just work harder and harder and spend more time working, trying to get more money to try and solve the problem. And we put ourselves, and that's the standard we run to. Maybe it's retail therapy. Maybe there's that place you go to, you think, I just got to have an outlet. Got to get out of this. Got to go to, a, to the happy place. And so we go shopping. Now, hear me. None of these things are particularly bad on their own. Multiple partners would be. But, but none of those things are bad on their own. It's in context. But none of those things are long term fix. They are places people run to. For a quick fix. And the trouble is the next day or the day after, you need it again. And the truth is we're running to the wrong standard. 
And church, we need to be different. Have a look at this here in Proverbs 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. You see, here is Almighty God saying, I see you. I love you. I see how weary you are. I can see you're pushing and you're doing your best and you're getting battered. Come to me because I'm a strong tower and you'll be safe with me. He's the standard we run to. Jesus echoes this exact sentiment, doesn't he? I think we talked about it over Christmas. Matthew 11 verse 28, Jesus speaking, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, what Jesus does, what Almighty God does, is they can, they can speak into your very inner person and give you rest from the inside out. The standards we so often go to are trying to get us rest from the outside in. And it never works out quite how we expect. But when we go to Jesus, we go to that place of safety. We go to that place of healing. We go to that place where we get empowered to live even beyond ourselves. You see, Jesus becomes our standard in the battle of life. And let's face it, sometimes we're all having to war through some stuff. We have our ups and downs. Jesus is our standard. Jesus is the one we run to. He's the safe place. He's the place of empowerment. He's the place of healing. He's the place of recuperation. He's the place where we can get re-envisioned. He's our standard. And here's the great thing. When you go to the standard and wait there for a while, he doesn't just become the standard we run to. He becomes the standard we live from. And it's a game changer. Here's the thing. As the world that is peripheral to the church, wrestles with fear and anxiety, particularly in the time we're living in, as the world wrestles with fear and anxiety, the church lives full of hope. And we live full of hope because of the standard we run to. Because when we run to the standard that is Jesus, he says, I've got you. Come on, my plans for you are good still. This pandemic hasn't caught me off guard. I've still got a great plan for your life. And we can live full of hope. And you can't get that anywhere else. So we can be full of hope because of the standard we run to. Yes, going and having a drink. Yes, going and having a shop. All can be good things from time to time. But they don't give you a long-term fix. They give you a short-term fix. And going to Jesus actually positions you for a life of hope. Over Christmas... Um, as a family, because you, you know, you understand we've got different ages in our family, and we tried to find a, a series of films that might be appropriate that we'll all be into. And we, we settled on The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games is a series of four films, and we watched the four films over three days, and we really got into it, and we got quite a good surround sound system. We had it blasting out. I'm not sure if the neighbors appreciated it, but we did. And um, we got right into it. And I don't know if you've watched the films or understand the films, but the, the president, President Snow is called, is, is basically ruling by fear. And once a year, each of the 12 districts that exist in, in, in their community have to send two people into these games and, and they fight to the death. And it's fairly, uh, fairly horrendous concept. But what happens is that he tries to rule by fear. And what, what happens is that the, the girl, Evangeline, becomes very, very famous. She becomes this icon because she wins. And, and President Snow is concerned about her because he says people are looking at her and getting a little bit of hope because she wins and she's becoming influential. And he said this line that grabbed me. This is from a film, but I hope you can see there's an element of truth here. 
He said this, a little hope will always trump fear. And I thought, wow, I'm going to use that in a preach. So here we are. So, so good. Can you see that there's a truth of that? So here we are running to this standard that is Jesus. And it produces hope. And we're living in a world right now that is full of fear. The world needs to be looking at the church because we carry hope and hope will trump fear. We've got the answers, people. If I can link running to Jesus as our standard with actually the idea of walking with Jesus creates standards for our behavior. It creates a living standard. You see, walking with Jesus ultimately results in goodness, in kindness, in self-control. It results in faith. It results in generosity. It results in purity. And you can add to the list, walking with Jesus creates standards that we live by, standards that we can run to, and they always produce good. But I wonder, when we look at ourselves and when we look at the world around us, whether things like purity and self-control are standards that people have run away from. And actually, they need to be standards that we're running to. We can see the mess around us in so many areas, not just because of the pandemic, because we're running away from the standards that we should be running to. Because God ordained life and he positioned us in this world to live to his standards where it will produce goodness and hope and abundance. The fruit of impurity, the results of living with lack of or no self-control are always strife. You know, the fruits of running away from generosity and running to stinginess always produces lack. Can you see what I'm trying to say? When you look at the standards we're supposed to be running to, as we run to them, it produces good. If we run away from them, it always produces bad. We're running to the wrong standards. Look at this in Psalm 24 and verses 3 through 5. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. And you see what happens here. We find ourselves weary in life and we have a choice. We want to have a break. We run to a standard. When we run to the standard that is Jesus, he is able to put his arms around us and say, I've got you. Barry, I've got you. And he heals me from the inside out. He empowers me from the inside out. He gives me vision to say, I'm, I'm here on purpose. I'm here for a purpose. He puts hope in my heart. And it causes me to live differently. And because I live differently, what happens? Clean hands. Clean hands refers to the way we're living. And as I connect with my standard, as I connect with my Jesus, he does a work on me from the inside and he creates in me a pure heart. When I walk out life with a pure heart and clean hands, what does it do? It attracts the presence of God. And as it attracts the presence of God, what comes with that? What comes with that is the blessings of heaven. And as you get the blessings of heaven, what rises in you? Hope. Can you see? There's this journey of where are you going to choose the standard you're going to run to? Because when you run to the correct standard, it heals you from the inside. It empowers you. It attracts the presence of God, the blessings of heaven, and hope arises. And who knows that hope will always trump fear. The answer is in the church, which is why we need to be central, which is why we need to be influencers. We've got the right message. Are we brave enough to get it out there? 
a little hope will always trump fear. So church, if we genuinely, genuinely want to be influencers, not just a great message or a nice thought, but genuinely really want to be central, for people to look at us and honestly think, they've got something. That group of people got something that inspires me. They're different. You see, we can't carry on living the same as everyone else and expect to make a difference. We can't carry on living like everyone else and just reflecting back to them exactly what everyone else is doing and think it's going to make a change. You see, we need to raise a standard. People need to see something different. And I want to suggest to you the most powerful place for the church is on our knees. When we come to God and say, on my own, I can't do this. But with you, I can do all things. And we go to him, not as our heavenly butler, but as our heavenly father. And we say, I'm available to you. Do in me what you need to do. And then when you stand up, you stand up with the strength of God. You stand up empowered by the Spirit. Your light switches on, if you like. And you shine brightly in the darkness. And people can look at you and say, wow, you're going through the exact same thing I'm going through, but you're handling it differently. Your outcome and your trajectory is different to mine. That inspires me. And do you know what it will be? It's because I ran to the right standard. I ran to Jesus. At the start of this calendar year, would you be willing to properly, would you be willing to properly take a look at your life, your habits, your thought processes, your language, and would you be prepared to go on a journey that brings everything into line with the standards of Jesus? And it's a journey. Can't necessarily change everything all at once. But could we start a journey that says, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to reflect you better. Jesus, I don't, don't want to live like everyone else is living. I want to live how you called me to live. Because it's a standard that I want to raise, that people can run to because it reflects you. Holiness godliness, selflessness, faithfulness. These are the things that come out of men and women who will create a standard and live by a standard that represents Jesus. What's the fruit of all that? Can I suggest your life will become less chaotic? Can I say it will attract the presence of Jesus? Can I say it will attract blessing from heaven? And it will release hope to everyone who will live like that. You know, I believe as we are prepared to do that as individuals and as we come together as a church doing that, it will play its part in us becoming an influence. Not because we're great, because he's great. The one who lives in us is great. You know, you are the salt that brings out flavor all around us. I'm sure there are many amazing, brilliant people in your life. But imagine you actually lived how Jesus wanted you to you added your salt into their world they were just the flavor would come out imagine you actually switched your light on and shone it and didn't hide away who you really are but actually put out i stand for jesus he's my standard and you turn that line what difference could it make in people's world would you play your part would you say jesus this is the year i stand up because i want to be an influencer because i don't want to be peripheral to the world i want to be central 
I want to be the man or the woman or the child you called me to be in this year, 2021. And I'm prepared to bow the knee and submit to your kingship and live how you've called me to be. Let me remind you of that picture that Billy so brilliantly drew for us. This picture of the Father's hands. Would you put yourself there? Would you say, Lord, yeah, I'm tired. Lord, I don't know what the next few months really looks like. But I know this, if I'll put myself in your hands, that's where I'm going to shine brightest. That's where I'm going to have the most influence. And that's where I'm going to get the most hope from. So today I choose, and I want it to mark the rest of my year, that I'm putting myself in the hands of the Father. And I want to become and play my part in this word, influencers. Come on, church, we can do this. I hope you feel a bit stirred, but we are called to influence. And this will be a great year for Equipus Church Essex. Come on, is there an amen in the house? I'd love to pray for you. Father God, thank you for 2021. Thank you that we can declare with some assurance it's going to be a great year. Thank you, Lord God, that you are stirring us, your church, to be influencers. Not just to make this about us as individuals or a group, but actually to make a difference in the people's lives around us, in the town we live in, in the nation we're in, even in the world, Lord God. We are called to be central. It's how you set it up. So, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord God, to be the influencers you called us to be. We choose, come on church, would you pray with me now? We choose right now to fully submit to you. Lord, we're sorry for where we've not submitted to you, where we've carried on making poor choices, but today we choose to put ourselves in your hands. Lord, cause us to shine brightly. Lord, help us to be men and women who can cause others to shine brightly. Let us genuinely bring out flavor in the lives of the people around us. Let us be influencers. Be empowered, church, in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Hey, every week, I always want to give opportunity for anyone who might be feeling like, I want Jesus in the middle of my life. Maybe he was once and he's not now. Or maybe you've never had Jesus at the center of your life. But I can tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make to put Jesus right in the middle. It changes everything. And if that's where you're at today, I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you'll allow us to go on a journey with you as a church, we'd love to walk it out with you. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love me. Today, I ask you, Jesus, to come and be the center of my life, to come and live in my heart. I accept you. I thank you that you came to earth and lived a faultless life, that you demonstrated heaven on earth so I could see something. I thank you that you died, but death couldn't hold you, and you rose again. And I accept that life that you're offering to me. Come and be my Lord, my Savior, and King, and live in my heart forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, then please get in touch with us. I'm sure there'll be some uh, prompts on the screen right now, but we'd love to walk out with you. We're not called to do this life on our own in isolation. We're called to do it together. So let's run together. Be blessed, church. This is going to be a great year. Let's go out on some praise.